What up, what up, what up? We're back with another episode of Between Two Posts. It is episode 43. Is that correct, guys? 43, right? No okay. clue. No okay. idea. Close enough. <laughs> Close <laughs> enough. <laughs> We're rolling. Um, We hope. Uh, thank you again for joining us every Wednesday, uh, every, every Wednesday at 8 a.m. This episode is now sponsored by and future future episodes are sponsored by camp lejeune we are now um helping all you people that were drinking water or had any water intake near camp lejeune we're going to help you guys collect your benefits so call us today dm dm myself kyle or evan swipe up with the code camp lejeune and we will make sure that you get all your benefits if any of your family has dealt with any adverse effects from drinking the water at camp lejeune so thank you to our partner camp lejeune Dude, um, I actually took that seriously for about three seconds at the start, and then I realized where I was. <laughs> you have you seen those ads, Evan? Yeah, or the asbestos one. The the best is these. There's like when I was like five years ago, like it was like the asbestos ones were all over. <laughs> I'm I'm glad uh, you took it seriously for a little bit. The NHL Network one was always the mesothelioma. Yeah, you get those <laughs> ones. I I don't, still don't know what it is, but I just it's remember like, like they that commercial. I, dude, they must have spent billions of dollars because that was like every commercial break. It was, have you or a loved one been affected by mesothelioma? <laughs> well, that's like, uh, you guys ever watch Better Call Saul? Yeah. There's like, there's like a couple episodes dedicated where he like, I forget what, I forget what part it was, but he's like filming a commercial like that for, uh, <laughs> I forgot what the, what, it, what the lawsuit was about, but he was like filming some commercial for a class action lawsuit. And I, the part I remember is that there's one of those chairs that goes up the stairs and they like, he like had the camera guy, like sit in the chair and like put the camera on like this grandma. Yeah. And, like, went up. I, I don't know if you remember that part, but I don't know why I, that's like one memory from that show. I'll just always have. <laughs> Um, but folks, in all seriousness, we are not uh, sponsored by Camp Lejeune, but it's Everett alongside Evan <laughs> and uh, and Kyle. Kyle, how you doing out there? Oh, I'm a little worn out right now. The no, you uh, sound it. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't even know. Like shit. Yeah, thanks. Uh, <laughs> hurricane kind of. I think like the effects are hitting me now of like just being worn out, and uh, now I'm trying to catch up. I kind of like pre-hurricane like grinded to like get back on track and then the hurricane put us back and um i don't know just kind of exhausted but how are you guys doing oh not so bad um really really fighting it you know last few minutes i got school still calling calling you know teams calling we're just trying to get everyone sorted out but it's not a bad spot you know everything's getting done everything's getting shipped everyone's got what they need pretty much by now but it's a couple loose ends you know, the 2011 Birmingham Rangers are on a rip. We went 2-0 on Saturday, lost on Friday night. But, you know, with the 2-0 Saturday, we're buzzing. We're going into a big week. At uh, We got a game at Liggett this uh, this Wednesday, which I've never been Liggett's to. So. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. Skated with Dempsey there a couple times. Demps, yeah. Dempsey. Uh, yeah, right down in uh, in the nice parts of Detroit there in uh, Gross Point-ish. Um, Evan, what's good with you, dude? Nothing. I uh, I got a think I got a little bit of a sinus infection. If I sound weirder than I normally do, uh, <laughs> I sound like shit, right, Kyle? And then uh, I think all the boys are just down right now. Yeah, we're, we're down bad. We're hurting. 
that don't even we don't know what episode it is. We're just we're in the trenches. It's like it's like February of the null season. Yeah. You're, <laughs> you're playing a three and three in Odessa, eating a home country buffet or whatever it is before the game. <laughs> Wondering what you're doing with your life. That's a very accurate description. Actually, in like on the topic of just being down and out right now. I, I feel for you, Evan, a little bit more because we went out to eat, uh, I think, Friday night and caught a little food poisoning and uh, not fun. So I just uh, I wanted to say con- my condolences to you. Uh, yeah, and for- also with you. <laughs> and um, also with you. Pal, I got to ask, uh, when you say we caught, is it you and uh, you and the wifey? Yeah, she picked uh, this new restaurant, the like. I feel like whenever places try to be too trendy, it just it can go wrong pretty quick. So like the food was like you didn't know what you were eating, basically, because they tried to like fancy it up so much. And um, I don't know, man, like I tried to I'm I'm a pretty picky eater. So I tried to order like a more simple dish. So I got like a it was a shrimp scampi, um, but the pasta, I don't know if you know, like squid ink pasta. So the pasta was black. Oh no! And oh. then the the sauce, like the sauce on it, was like a like a glow in the dark neon green. Yeah, now you're losing me, bro. Yeah. So, dude, like it it does it doesn't obviously doesn't say it on like the menu. All it says is like shrimp scampi pasta or whatever. And I'm like, okay, like I I know what that is. I'll this order is simple that. Simple enough. I can eat this because I didn't I, the other menu items. I didn't even know what it what it would be. Like I we were out there googling stuff, just googling. <laughs> words on the menu like what is this what is that and uh yeah came out it actually didn't taste horrible but like instantly that night something was wrong and like it was a pretty pretty easy math to like figure out where what went wrong there you know what uh and kind of off topic but what are you guys thoughts on calamari delicious if done properly yeah dude the other day my we went to dinner like it was like my brothers and then my mom and dad. And my older brother just got like a appetizer of calamari. And it had like a bunch of like random like greens and just these stuff to dress it up. It was yeah, like a, onions and yeah. And my brother, like he just like mixed it up and ate it with a fork. Yeah. Isn't it weird? Um, typically you have like a few pieces of that. Everyone kind of does. You dip it in some sauce and like that's yeah. it. Um, to eat it as a whole meal uh i i would not advise that so yeah i could 100 percent see it being a little weird weird, dude i don't know i thought it was weird you know you got me just eating some some nashville hot chicken sliders delicious and then i look across the table my brother's just literally mucking calamari i'm like oh my god okay now what are your thoughts i'm i mean seafood's just a real like dicey move i feel like anywhere you go like really being a guy from florida like that's a that's a key cuisine down there is it not it is but like like i said like i mean we also have because we're florida we have a lot of like fast food seafood places too so hard pass like well no even like i'm sure you've heard of frenchies right like frenchies is super famous like really good seafood but it's like a little more on the not high-end side like you go and if you're hanging out at the beach you'd go to frenchies get some stuff to go and fries and seafood 
but like oh. you just you never know so i'm i'm always a little like i i won't get seafood unless i'm like no it's gonna be good i guess but i only go to red lobster for seafood it's grit see like that's a that's a Blue place color. i for sure would not get seafood <laughs> <laughs> no chance um so I got a I got a list of takes here. Kyle, you don't think the Leafs will make the playoffs this year? Why is that? Yeah, I, I mean, some questionable roster moves to begin with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a lot of drama with with Matthews' contract this year, and I've I've been hearing some rumblings that Arizona's going to give him a max offer, which is twenty percent of the cap. Um, so, dude, I just feel like. My, like they already have so much drama in Toronto and now, you know, your star player is going to be in the news even more. Tavares never does anything. They had Mitch Marner <laughs> on defense and now Matt Murray's your goalie. So I, there's just so much that could go wrong with this team that I'm, I'm actually going to like make my take. Like they either like lose out big time or like they finally overcome the first round, but there's, there's no chance I'll say right now, no chance first round exit this year. So, but but what you're saying is they either miss the playoffs completely, or they're going at least a second round is what you're saying, right? Yeah, I'd almost say all the way. Like the, the moves are, they're like basically throwing out all logic. It seems like, and they're saying, okay, like this isn't working. And instead of what they, what every team usually does of like small adjustments, like you're putting one of your best forwards on defense. So either this is going to be like the most genius move ever or like a complete dumpster fire. Yeah. 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 I, I think goaltending is questionable. Uh, I mean, I'm it, it'll be interesting to see. Everyone's talking about Matt Murray's numbers, right? Through two games played, he's terrific. But in a larger sample size as he goes through the season, what's going to happen, right? Can he stay healthy? Um, and if he does stay healthy, what does that look like? Because we haven't seen that in a long time, right? I don't know. That, if we, we haven't ever seen that. I think right? that's fair to say. Like yeah. his cup runs were, he was splitting with, with Flurry. So like, I don't, has he ever played like a, a full season as a starting goalie? And you add in Ottawa's, tough because it's still a canadian city and the media is hard on you there but now you want to dial it up by a thousand when you go to the leafs yeah like you're under the microscope for anything but i i you know obviously i'm a little bit of a homer because of campbell and mrazic being there uh i don't think you've upgraded in your position at all yeah those guys i'd agree with that so i I like campbell a lot and i think yeah like his game's changed and there's a little bit more consistency is it tough to play in Toronto 100%? But I don't like, I don't think like if you're go- if your issue last season, you're going to say was goaltending in the playoffs. I don't think you've upgraded at all. Yeah, they didn't. They definitely didn't address where the issue was. And and like I was saying, like with, with the moves they've been making, like, you know, you see Nashville goes out and they get McDonough, like where they're yep. like, okay, yep. we need defense. I'm, I don't really understand. Like you're taking Mitch Marner, who's an undersized player like he's definitely not a big dude he's a shifty forward who can find the net and you're putting him on defense yeah dude but watch it be like they just throw all logic out the window and it's just 
they have they just literally make him a fourth forward and they have one defenseman set up at the blue line and it's just four forwards buzzing around i mean that but that being said it literally could have just been a day where they were short they didn't want to i don't know but then it, i it is very very weird but i have no clue what their thought process was with it but i mean it, i you could see it being one of those things where all of a sudden it's something a lot of teams are doing. Cause even, I mean, you, you see it on the power play, you know, you, you get a, uh, a fourth forward out there instead of another defenseman. Yep. Yeah, right. Maybe. I, uh, I don't know. I think it'll be interesting. I, I'd like just for them to repeat every year and just, first round exit because I love to see it and I just love how you know upset yeah. leaves fans get and I think it's hilarious. Um I mean that was the other thing of it's kind of a win-win no matter what happens. Like even this past year I was like okay like I think they were up three two against Tampa. They were outplaying us down here and I'm like okay like Leafs like they're getting through the first round and yeah, like, they're they, ready. They, they got a solid team like they might actually win the cup. Yeah. And then next thing you know like first round exit two days later so and like and when like you said once the memes come out like there's nothing better than that they they literally haven't won a round in like 20 years <laughs> and the worst part was my dumb ass was buying cans of soup every time jack campbell won thinking <laughs> okay like we're gonna get a bunch of soup cans we're gonna do a cool donation yeah we got we, we got to three and then i think i just gave them to somebody in the back who has kids so uh it still went to a good place <laughs> um Kyle, I wanted to ask, I saw you doing a lot of preseason prep. You were in the weight room getting rolled out and getting stretched out. How are you feeling before uh, before opening night here? Uh, honestly, I'm in, like, the best shape I've been in in a while. I know we touched on after, after Paris. That's, no, a for, That's a hot take. Dude, I did a, I did a, a bunch of skates last week been in the gym. The uh, our, our strength coach down here told me to start jumping rope. So, I mean, like, we're we're buzzing right now. I'm feeling very good. Two weeks uh, of skating and jumping rope. Best shape yeah. of my life. I, dude, like, I mean, just to put it, like, into perspective, like, when I came back from, from Paris, I'm getting lit up in, like, beer league. Like, I, there was a point I'm like, I don't really want to play hockey anymore. You're done. And, Hang them up. <laughs> and now, like, I, 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 so I did, like, during the week I skated with, with the lightning and then uh on the weekend i did like a beer league skate and like i think i gave up like one goal in a two-hour skate oh like dude pucks just come in so slow like it feels like slow motion and then uh yeah so i don't know just and like i said like physicality wise like i just feel like i finally got my lungs feeling good so can we put the can we put the NHL ebug community on note? Kyle Conan is fucking coming. <laughs> I, I'm going. Uh, I'll be there tomorrow again. So let me know. I, I can throw up whatever story you want to see me in the gym or something. So, <laughs> um, Send the story of you just eating stammer one timers. Yeah, I'd like yeah. To see his that. his usually go in. <laughs> He's. That's that is the flip side of it, you know. The on on the beer league side, like I said, every like I'm stopping everything and then out there, it's not a kind of kind of the inverse. <laughs> um, I just like how Kyle, you flipped it around so quickly. What was it like one two weeks and you're you know ago you were like, oh man, I, 
I'm out of shape. I'm feeling fat. I, I can't, you know, I can't get anything done. And now it's just like you jumped her up a couple times. You did, you did a couple skates and we're, we're so, right back in the mix, huh? Yeah. I mean, I'll say like, it, it definitely wasn't like a, like a fun process or like a smooth transition. Like day one, I go in, I'm pumped up. I'm like, all right, like here we are like, you know, back to, back to skating with, with the NHL players and stuff. And then uh, I, I remember cause the first drill I did, they spray painted like, like a, a, a zone around the crease, probably like 10 feet out. And like we did three on three or no, sorry, three. It was a three on one inside this like zone. So like they pass it around and try to score. Yep. I think in like two minutes, I thought I was going to throw up. <laughs> like literally two minutes in and and the worst part was like because of the spray paint from the lines like i was i literally was just like huffing in paint fumes and like on top of like i already thought i was gonna throw up so it was it was really bad so i mean like after day one i i had met with the trainers and i was kind of like like what what could we do to like speed up this process of like transition and that's uh so jump yeah rope. i came up jump rope yep well, at the end of the day, uh, we're just happy to hear it, and I can't wait to see you turn it on. Um, Kyle, I how many you know possible game appearances or maybe minutes are you are you expecting for this season? Um, I mean, there's there's like no guarantee. I mean, for the most part, every game, it's just uh, eating some food and and watching hockey. So, um, you know, I. I at some point in the e-bug career, I'd love to to log just like one NHL minute. And I feel like that would make everything worth it. So, but, you know, no guarantees. So for now, uh, just enjoying what it is. So for the fans at home, if you do want to see Kyle hit the ice, you, you just got to be logged on to every Tampa game basically, right? Yeah. I mean, I think this year, like, should be a little more straightforward without all the COVID nonsense um which kind of sucks for us which, huh yeah i mean that i that got me a lot of chance i got i got to practice <laughs> with with like uh who was it like auto or something that they had like a scare i thought i was going to get to to dress that game too and i don't know what like a fake test or something so like it like the one of their goalies tested positive and so they like retest two hours later and then his second test was negative or something so it was like a fake or like a incorrect what well, i don't know but yeah that's a bummer false alarm false alarm but we'll stay uh we'll stay in the ready in the wings uh evan you got anything else dude not a whole lot not a whole lot boring life for me over here is everything good at razzles everything is safe and sound at razzles did some work on uh some refrigeration today some draft coolers and then uh that was about my day okay. literally the most boring human being you got on the podcast right now <laughs> it sounds like you're, you're you're staying gritty and uh you're staying tough i do have a question I think you, you you might relate to our listeners though like i'm sure we got some blue collar gritty gritty guys out here who are like you know they're maybe you're their hero yeah maybe just like the most relatable you know yeah <laughs> we dropped like a blue collar on my uh picture there behind you up just yeah forward. just the collar blue <laughs> yeah we'll work on it uh i did want to ask you guys i had a fun question um 
one NHL one. Jesus, I'm terrible at this. <laughs> Name one NHL goalie that you would like to play in front of, like in an NHL game. Who would you want to be your backup? My backup. Yeah. It's your net. You're the guy, and you're getting to play in front of this like, person. Like a current NHL goalie, or like it could who, it could be I like who I would want to go into a game with backing me up out of anyone. Yeah, out of anybody. It could be like Terry Sawchuk. It could be, you know, oh, I was Dominic Hasek. Like, probably like one of you guys. Like uh-huh. I'd want I want someone in my corner. Or like probably Moiser, honestly, after what CJ was saying. Like, you know, you have a rough first couple shots and Moiser's just there saying, Hey man, it's all good. Dude. I yeah, I I was gonna say that. I just want someone that's gonna, you know, media timeouts is just gonna hype me up, make me feel good about myself. Probably uh I don't even know. That's such a good come back to me. Come back to me here. Um, I think the only guy that I could really, you know, not that I'd ever be at that uh that level of hockey, but if I'm playing in an NHL game and I'm wearing the the winged wheel and I'm at the Joe or I guess LCA now, uh the guy I'd want in my corner, you know, having my Gatorade ready next to my water bottle and uh getting the the cap ready to rip, uh it's gonna be Dominic Hoshik. Just because my game's, you know, so much, you know, very similar to him. He's the only one that wouldn't make fun of me and be like, no, like you look good. Yeah. You got to flip around a little bit more, drop the stick a couple more times, throw some loose blockers at the puck and just get really active. And, uh, I feel like he would, you know, me and him would relate on, uh, on that sort of level and just compete. You know, I'm a big compete guy, not a very skilled goalie, but compete is like through the roof. So he'd be my guy. I feel like, would you get nervous if you have a good backup behind you? Um, I the way I looked at this question was if all things are constant and like I'm in this situation for whatever reason and I find a, found a way to get like get myself here, I'd like to think that like, all right, like I'm not nervous because I'm supposed to be here for whatever reason and Dominic Hashik okay. is sitting behind me, so like okay. that's the way I looked at it. Yeah, but I I like I, I, I do see now where you're kind of putting in the spin. It's like. You know, if you played in front of and uh, Vassy, like, what, what the hell is going on? What world are we living in, right? Yeah. Like, I just feel like the standard's so much higher when you have a, like, let's say, just a better option behind you. I mean, I don't know. I've been, I've been on teams in both situations where, like, like, where the other kid was just, like, I don't know, either better than me or just playing better hockey throughout the year. And then, like, you when, you, in a when it's your when it's your turn to go into a game you're just like like you're playing against the house because like any mistake you make it's like oh well that's that's it for me for the next two weeks <laughs> so um, but, that was that was literally everywhere i played in my career that's why i just you know tried to be a good dude and yeah made myself <laughs> valuable that way yeah because i was gonna say there was one season where where i was actually on the other side of that where like i just feel like i had so much more confidence of like okay even if i don't have a great game like and, and it's a three and three like i'm still getting another one this weekend like i'm i'm gonna get back in the net at some point so i just felt like it was easier to play in that situation where on the other side of it like i just i did i never did well like playing kind of scared i guess is the word like i was just scared to make a mistake and then you don't see the the net for another week so what you're saying is, and what I know about you guys as people, 
if you were playing against or playing in front of somebody that was possibly better, but you had to like shit or fight sickness, would you play okay at that point? Because now you've put out of your mind the better goalie on the bench, and now you're just focusing on trying to survive on the ice. Would that help? What? What's the? I don't. I'm. I'm lost. I know what you're saying. He's saying so, like we we talked about Kyle. Go ahead, Evan. Sorry. Yeah. No. He's saying like when we talked with CJ, like if you're if you're just battling off, like if you're sick as a dog and you're battling through that, and you're just focused on like not dying, then you play that much better. You know what I'm saying? Do you remember when we talked? Oh about yeah, 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 game? yeah. Some yeah. You just simplify the game for sure. Hundred percent. I agree with that. Yeah. I think I've played my best games in my life when like I'm not like thinking about the game. Dude, you know who I want? You know who I, I want on the bench behind me if I was if I was playing? Who? Dave Dave Caruso. Caruso hockey baby. Yeah. What do you think Dave would how like how would he support you? Dude, Dave's just a beauty. And he's so he's so easygoing and he was nasty back in the day. So I knew when I got yanked after four or five we were going to still have a chance because Dave's snapping them around back there. I love it. Unbelievable human. Um, So that's it, I guess. Do you guys got anything else? Any other takes? Kyle, you got anything hot you want to drop? Any news? Any news? Um, I mean, give me a second on that. I feel like I definitely have stuff. My brain's just not, I got, not, I got, uh, not buzzing I right now. I'll buy you some time, Kyle. Since we were talking about the Leafs, let's just uh, let's go Stanley Cup predictions before the season really starts up here. What team do we think wins it all? Yeah. Um. Let me think. So, goaltending wise, I don't know if Colorado. I don't know if Georgiev's got it. Um, Chicago would love to say that, uh, um, LA somehow sneaks in a, a, a big push there with Johnny quick. That would be sweet. New York Rangers. I still think look really, really powerful. I think torts is going to flip the, the flyers into a better spot, but I don't think it's, you know, that's not it. Um, Hmm. Dallas. I think that's kind of like falling apart. Detroit's not there yet. I think New York would probably be like if I like, and I'm a betting man, but I don't play futures that far out because man, it's a hard, it's hard to waste a hundred bucks and then just let it do nothing for a whole season. But I'd say I like I like New York again. I like uh, I like Florida. I like New York and Dark Horse. I, I like I actually really do like Columbus. I think they they did a lot this off season and they already had a lot of pieces in place, but. They did. You know I what? Think, I think if Elvis puts together a good year or, uh, you know, Teresa, whoever, whoever ends up taking it there, whoever, you know, takes over, if they put together a good year in that, I think they're, they're sneaky. Like they might pull some shit. That's like a legitimate, that's one of our best takes so far is like, yeah, now, like after you having said that and you started thinking about the big names that they brought in to Cebus, like Columbus could be a little, a little dangerous. Um, Florida though, like after dropping the coach after their season, doesn't like that's stupid, right? I don't, so, I don't know. So I heard I like at least what I was reading on or reading and hearing, you know, just 
whatever when the playoffs were going on. Everyone was saying he got out coached pretty heavily, but I mean, I, I don't know if he was really that bad, but you know, I, I feel like Tachuk is a big, uh, a big piece. And I mean, yeah, I mean, Spencer or Sir Bobrovsky is going to get hot. Someone's going to get hot. I was going to say that hurts them when you have two goalies that good. I, I just think it's way harder to win a cup. Cause like, there's got to, in my mind, like you got to have a guy for playoffs. Like it, like, look at the wild dude. Like, but just the head games between flurry and Talbot, like you don't know who's starting what game, like you need a, you need a number one guy to take over. So yes, yes and no, because then you flip the coin and you look at who ended up winning the Stanley cup and you see, you know, obviously we had Darcy on, he takes a stick to the eye or whatever it was. And, if they don't have Frank Coos, who's kicking back there, then right. But but as soon as Darcy right. came back, he knew he was playing the games. That's like I'm saying your your goalie needs to know if he's playing. Like it it definitely helps to have a suitable backup. But like like something would have to happen before the postseason for them to know like like who's the number one guy in the room. Yeah, I guess that does make sense though, Kyle. Because like you said when guys are in that position like you don't want to have to worry about anything other than like i'm gonna play these games right yeah yeah i also i think like the atlantic's just so hard to win because you have like tampa and florida and toronto and is uh or washington's metro i think but still like east the east is just such a hard division dude like i honestly think i think we're gonna get a west team this year i don't think it's avalanche but i i really think uh i think edmonton got a lot better especially goaltending wise um like dude think about how far edmonton made it they lost to colorado in six games right Mm -hmm. and that was with mike smith in that who like (laughs) <laughs> like dude, like you we like he was great guy but like probably the worst goalie in playoffs i just love how everybody you know was going nuts about him playing the pocket oh my god he's so good and then just lets up muffins i just think like even even if soup plays like average i think like edmonton's like basically equal he, to or better than colorado if he could find some consistency they have the bone structure to do it is what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. What about like your, that. what do you about your boys in the, in the white and blue? Uh, I mean, I, I think they're, they'll go on another deep run. Like they just have that championship mentality, but I mean, there's no way around looking at like the roster they had the last time they won. And now like already this year, they lost uh Palat, who's like, I think the all time franchise playoff, points or oh, something yeah. for Tampa like yep. just such a sneaky player like no one would even think of like oh like but like what a huge loss uh you lose McDonough to Nashville like probably a number two behind Hedman lockdown mm-hmm. D um yeah just I mean like I said I think they'll still give it a run but it's tough to like I said you have to beat Panthers you have to beat Toronto you have to beat someone, probably the Rangers coming out of the East and then face another wagon in the West. So I don't know. You never know. 
Well, the good news is by the time we talk next, uh, we'll have some NHL games played and we can kind of see the lay of the land. So I'm excited. Uh, you guys got anything else? Oh, I was. Yeah. While you g- oh, gave me you... a little time to think, I was just going to say I went to <laughs> got my, the brain first, <laughs> my first NFL game or first Buccaneers game. That wasn't your first, was it? First Bucks game. Yeah. Okay. Um, very cool. I just got to say, it makes me appreciate hockey a lot more, like being in an air conditioned, or I guess it might be different for you guys up there, but down here, like it's hot. Uh, Like the sun's just beating down on you. Also, like if you ever think like hockey traffic's bad, NFL stadium is four times, five times as many people. So like, it's just a zoo, like getting in and out. Bathrooms are a mess. It. hockey is just such like a an elite sport to watch see i'm glad i thought you were gonna have a better appreciation for the sport itself like athletes what it's like being on the field because you were pretty close those were six seats uh yeah dude i I would say it's the opposite like i think hockey takes so much more coordination and like there's dude the plays are so fast in hockey and in football like they throw the ball and they wait two minutes and set up a play and like do all this stuff. And only two guys on the whole field touch the ball and like everyone else is doing nothing where like hockey, like you, if you're on the ice, like you are doing something in the play to like, like that is going to 12, 12, six, six, 275 pound fucking linemen are bashing their heads off of each other's. You know what I'm saying? I mean, dude, it's just a, it's such a different sport. Like those guys are such different athletes. I mean, yeah. I, that we couldn't do what they do and they couldn't do what we do at the end of the day. But I, the other night we were out, uh, Saturday, I went out with a couple buddies and we, we were walking around and we went to this like one spot after, and there's one of the guys from, I don't know who it was, but you could tell he was a chargers player because they were in town playing Cleveland. <laughs> And I mean, this guy, you look at him and you're like, this guy could literally eat me. And he, I mean, he was however many pounds and he probably ran a sub five forty. And it's just like, like some of those guys that look like they're sumo wrestlers can run like a, like a four, seven, four, eight, 40. And you're just like, Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> I, I mean, agree. I, I think like, like for sure, none of us could do what those guys do but at the end of the day just like sport not talking like athlete versus athlete but like what the sport demands of you i just think like there's so much more layers to the game of hockey whereas football like yeah like it takes a certain specimen to be able to play it but like at the end of the day it just there wasn't that much like going it just seems like a much simpler game if that makes sense i you guys are both right. Uh, I just think it was funny that I thought initially when Kyle was like, man, like I just really appreciated hockey because I thought it'd be like, you know, the way the game's played and you're that close and like you get to like, you can like basically freaking smell like the players and shit on the field and the way football is played is so different. But no, you just went for like bathrooms, logistics, and like <laughs> the logistics yeah. of getting yeah. in and out of a hockey game are so much better. And then the heat. Yeah. Like, I mean, is it still, uh, yeah, it's still hot in Florida. That's it's always hot in Florida. Besides Dude, I got, Florida. I got sunburned. <laughs> yeah. Me and Kyle are wearing sweats and hoodies by now. So, or uh, me and Evan, excuse me, wearing sweats yeah. and hoodies by now. So, um, I'm to a Browns game in January. 
see how you like it. See, and that's another thing I thought about because, like, I was watching the Lions, and we got like Ford Field, so it's a you know it's an indoor stadium and everything. And what watching the um, Lions play the Pats, I'm like, people sell out that. Well, not I don't know about selling out, but that stadium still gets packed. Like in Cleveland in January when it's snowing sideways, it's like 10 degrees. People show up and they sit there. You're not playing. You're sitting in the stands watching a game, which means you're even colder because you're you're not moving and you yeah. get like no blood flow. I think that's I'll, nuts. I'll give you that. I think football fans are way more passionate. Like the some of the people in there just wearing costumes and like ridiculous stuff. There was there was some guy wearing like a, a goat mascot type, thing. like literally must have went online and ordered like a costume of a goat like the guy behind Taylor Gauthier. yeah <laughs> yeah like but out in like i don't know 90 degree heat and like and then a brady jersey over that so like i mean the 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 fan intensity and passion is definitely uh unmatched well you, compared to you, hockey. you look at guys the the fans in green bay and there's always those guys cheese heads they got suspenders like the the overalls the green and white overalls on and nothing else no shirt no nothing <laughs> And it's like it's it's snowing sideways. It's probably negative ten degrees out there. That's that's insane. Yeah, dude. So Cleveland, there's there's like Bottlegate. However many years ago, when fan that's why like they don't sell glass bottles at football games anymore, is because fans what? are legit throwing full beer bottles at referees after the game, or well, like rightfully they, show. So yeah. you know. <laughs> and then like the year the year the Browns went zero and sixteen, they had a legit parade around the stadium because they were Owen. they were it was a perfect season parade and like they were they were dragging like the floats were like like dumpsters like the hallway at 40 foot dumpsters <laughs> dude it was so it was so funny but it's like cleveland people like if the browns are good like it's just nuts like the buzz around like last year they were pretty good like there's yeah. a lot of buzz around them and then like this year the beginning of the season like started off you know pretty hot now we're obviously struggling but like people, people love them no matter what. And I mean, even when they hate them, it's like a weird kind of hate where it's like, this is just the Browns is the Browns, baby. Yeah. I mean, you're in the same boat as us as the Lions. Yeah. And this is my last point. Like I, I flicked on, I had to pump my tires in my car uh, and I turned on sports radio and like Kyle, I thought about Dom, you know how he just like, he listens to it and he yeah. so passionately gets into everything they're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this guy was talking and he's like, yeah, like after that, that showing in, in uh, New England and Foxborough, like Dan Campbell needs to get fired. And he's like 22 games. That's enough for me to say, you know, he's out. And I get, I got so sick of that fan mentality of like, he started talking about how he saw our last coaches like Matt Patricia. He's like, yeah, six games into that season. I knew Matt Patricia needed to leave. It's like, okay, you were right because in hindsight he did leave. And now you can look back and be like, oh, I was right. And it's like Dan Campbell's just starting. You can't, I mean, it's 22 games, but it's just the start of this year. This program's like, you know, the team itself is turning around. I don't understand how fans can like just jump down throats after, oh, we lost a game. Because that same guy next week when, if the Lions won a game, he'll be on the radio talking about how Dan Campbell's brilliant. And I just, I get sick of that, but that's all I have to say. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the point of sports radio is because, like, everyone, every every fan does the exact same thing. They call in and one week, you know, they love the guy and the next week he needs to get get traded. So, but it's that's so, literally that's those so guys' dumb. job. Like, Stephen A and Colin Coward and all those guys, they just, like, that's literally their job is just to have the most polarizing take they possibly can. Yeah. 
but it's just the most obvious one too. Like any of us could do that at this point. Like I could get in there and talk about how bad the Lions are, and then when they win, about how great they are and how well Dan Campbell called the game. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So I don't know, but here we are, volunteer hosts of a podcast. I was, um, I was gonna say, aren't we kind of? We already did that this episode. Like we already talked about a few teams. We're like, what are they doing? Like oh, like Toronto, man. dude. I'm like, what are they doing with Marner? And then he'll come out and win like uh, defenseman of the year or something. Oh, he'll win the Norris. Yeah, he'll bring him a Norris trophy. <laughs> if he did that, Kyle, I don't, I don't know what I'd have to do. I'd have to do something for you, man. I'd feel so bad. We'll have to get you an award for like Nostradamus or something. Um, yeah. but yeah, I think that's it. You guys got anything else? No, I'm good. Well, thank you guys for your service again. Uh, all Camp Lejeune families make sure you dm us if you guys have any claims that you need to put in we'll help you sort those out as we are now a sponsored podcast every wednesday we are you know we're gonna have episodes uh like follow subscribe do all that stuff comment show us some love and uh we'll see you next week thanks guys we're going to step away very briefly for a quick word from our sponsor take your goaltending development to the next level by giving your goalies a crease every drill Easy crease quickly and easily gives goalies a crease anywhere on the ice. This works great for small area games, goalie clinics, or anytime your goalie doesn't have a crease. You can order these at www.easycrease.com. Again, www.easycrease.com or check them out on Amazon. I'm a huge advocate for Easy Crease. I think you can use this at every level, whether you're, you know, coaching in major junior, high school hockey, or you're just dealing with 12 year olds or anyone younger. Anytime you go cross crease or you're warming up in the, uh, in the middle of the ice between the blue lines, if you're using like for younger kids, you're using shared ice. So players on both ends, uh, you're doing a goalie clinic and you want kids to start doing a lot of crease movements. You move the net around, you use one net, you don't, you know, peg it. And you move the net around, you trace out, you know, three, four, five different creases, depending on the goalies, everyone can start skating and hitting their spots. The other thing is, I don't think this is just for goalie coaches. I think this is for goalies themselves. If you don't have a goalie coach and your team is doing half ice stuff, bring the marker out with you. When you guys go to half ice and you're doing cross ice drills or games or anything like that, small area stuff, boom, grab the marker, quick, uh, you know, hook it onto the net. Uh, do your little C cuts coming backwards. One quick crease, boom, you're done. Now you can hit your spots. Now you have a feel of where you're at on the ice, just like you do when you play full ice and you're in the painted crease, right? I think this is a huge tool for anyone to have. I think if you don't have it in your bag and you don't carry it around with you on the rink, you're making a mistake. Again, it's super easy, quick hook system. You drop it out of the net. You don't have to clip anything, nothing. Boom, press the marker into the ice. You're skating backwards. You have crease in seconds. So definitely check them out, easycrease.com. If you're a social media person like I am, they have an Instagram, at easycrease. Again, E-A-S-Y-C-R-E-A-S-E. It's spelled exactly how it sounds. Now uh, we'll take it, kick it back to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I am so excited for a new episode this week. He's a legendary, just all-around salt-of-the-earth kind of human. You don't find guys like this anymore in today's game. They don't make them like this. He's from Minnesota, like I said, God's country. It's Brennan Hotterzay. Pods, how are you, buddy? I uh, I tell you what, I, I appreciate that intro. There's uh, 
I've been been called a lot of things in my 35 years on this earth, and I don't think I've ever had a better intro than that. So I appreciate it. Hey, I anything for you, man. I just want to make you feel kind of welcome. I want to break the ice. I want you to kind of you know drop your walls, drop your barriers, and make you just feel comfortable to be on the show. The walls are down. I'm, I'm, I can't thank you enough for having me on here. Like I said, I'm a big fan of the pod. Uh, I'm glad and uh, privileged to uh, be a guest finally on here. Pods, uh, we got to do some airing of, uh, of all things, though, between you and I. If you send my phone number to another random person that I get a call <laughs> from at like 9 o'clock on night, and they're like, hey, you're in Minnesota, right? Hey, bud. <laughs> I just I need a pair of pads. <laughs> oh no, I'm I'm kidding. I we appreciate all the support. I mean that's I mean that's that's what really gets you on here is there's a lot of kids that you help out and uh you put us in contact with. So and you know we we're we're, we're trying to get rolling in that Minnesota area and it's you know the state of hockey or so they say. That's right? that's that's what they say. Yeah, you know what? It's tough because like I said, everybody uh we try myself i try to push vaughn as much as possible but the only numbers that i have are the big dog numbers with you and berkey so i i don't have uh i don't have a middleman so i apologize well i mean when you want things done right who do you go to i go to you you go to the big dog that's right that's right because I, I also i because i know berkey's never going to respond to me so <laughs> <laughs> that's the clip right there yeah. <laughs> oh man um but Pods, I really wanted to start out, uh, you know, I, I looked at your social media. You're not really doing enough reels and talking about RVH enough. Are you? Do you plan on pumping those numbers and getting those videos going? I, I need, uh, I'll tell you what, you, you bring up a hot button topic. I've always, uh, being especially in, like you said, the state of hockey, I, uh, I always get a, a pretty hard time from my client base about not putting enough content on social media and to be honest, I just, A, I, I, I'm not tech savvy enough, but B, I don't want to put myself in a situation where I can get teed off on by the entire goalie community for whether I'm doing something right or not, because there's not a lot of smoke and mirrors uh, with me. It's, it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty meat and potatoes and pretty simple. So there's not, I think people would uh, not really enjoy if I pumped out a ton of content. Well, I mean, you look at what a lot of people are doing. Like, there's a guy I forget what his name is. He has over 181,000 followers. He does he like does player stuff. Okay. So he's pretty big. Um, but me and well, myself and uh, my head coach, co shout out Jamie Ramin, who does our 2011 team. We just we send DMs to each other back and forth, and we rip on this guy because it's like the way he talks. He's got the whistle. He's got like the tight sweats on. He's like showing off slapper slap shots. He's like, you guys. You gotta bring it in you gotta use this 400 technology in your stick and we're just like buddy like you're selling yourself like way too much but the problem is that we talked about and this this again what i just gave happens in goaltending right mm -hmm. you've seen it a thousand times is they have a following and for parents that don't know that you know see that they think oh no like Joe Schmo here Absolutely. knows exactly what he's talking yeah. about. Look at how cool he is. He's got the whistle exactly. that dangles a little bit. Yep. He's got yep. a sick toque. Like, yep. I'm taking my kid to this camp. Absolutely. No, and and like you said, I think that that's uh, – genuinely, I think that that's why I enjoy coaching so much because it is. I, I have such a small mom-and-pop shop in, in the Twin Cities, and as you're aware, because you've been here a lot, there's, uh, there's enough goalie coaches and companies in this state that – um, you know, you could probably make a, a small phone book if you really wanted to. Yeah. So 
I, I do it because there is a genuine connection and relationship, like you said, with not only the goalie, but the family, because uh, the family needs to know where the investment's going. Um, it's one thing to just show up and say, hey, thanks for the Venmo, or we'll see you next summer. I, I think that they need to understand what little Billy or what little Bobby is doing and why they're doing it and how to do it. And uh, to hopefully know that their investment is going to be uh, have a, a favorable return for for sure i think like you said though it's more you, you know you're meat and potatoes it's grassroots like yeah. you know bootstraps like we every time you get on the ice with a kid let's actually get something done let's accomplish something yeah. here i'm not just gonna set oh 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 sorry look at this oh, fancy oh, no. minnesota technology give me a second <laughs> Sorry about that. The, the U of M. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Well, I'm sitting. I'm not. I'm not animated enough. There's gotta, one for the new pod. Give that. Gotta really get. get there we go. Yeah. In there. I gotta talk with my hands. Yeah, you gotta get into the Italian. Uh, Italian motion right. here. Um. So I, I did want to talk here a little bit. Pods about your uh, your year 06, 07 in the Noge. Oh boy. Battling it out. Yeah. In the Sioux. Oh yeah. I mean that. That's where it starts. How. How the Sioux is a tough town. There ain't a whole yeah. lot besides a, a native casino out there. <laughs> that's, that's really it. And you got you got Lake State, but those boys, I don't know how those kids survive out there either. Chi Chi Makwa, uh, what a place! I'll tell you what, it was. Uh, it should have been eye opening. I remember like it was yesterday. I got uh, contacted to go up there for training camp, and I remember driving up with my dad, and uh, we we rented a hotel or whatever, and we got in, and there was a, a room with three beds. And I was like, what the hell is going on? Like, I've never seen anything like it. It wasn't, it's not like it was a suite. It's not like it was a, your run of the mill. It was just, here you are, here's three. I think they were just full-size beds. And I was like, what are we doing? Like, where am I? Um, but I'll tell you what, it was, uh, we had such a great group up there. I think there was like 10, 10 guys that kind of fell through the North American League cracks. Um, we all somehow knew a buddy or knew of a buddy and we all wound up there and it was uh honestly it was probably one of the most fun years of hockey that i've had in my career well that and not only did you have a, a handful of guys drop down but i saw you're with the famous elliot hogue you guys you know oh, yeah. of the twine together oh yeah the couple yeah, minnesota we, uh, boys i know well hey don't give hoger he can't take the minnesota he he oh, he's, uh, yeah he's he's milwaukee he's a saint lenoy saint louis Oh, but it, it depends on what day you catch him, where he wants to uh, tell where he's from. Uh, there's times <laughs> I've heard he say he's from Minnesota. He doesn't want to just go through his pit stops. But no, what a what a great uh, we had a great tandem. We've we pushed each other. And I think, to be completely honest, he was the one who kind of got my uh, interest in coaching. We'd always sit really? and talk and go through our, our GDI books at the time and talk about drills and what we were going to do and how we wanted to do them. And, you know, at an 18, 19 year old kid to be able to sit and talk with a buddy about <laughs> what you wanted to do. We'd go out every day at 11 or 12 at they had just public ice and we would do goalie stuff together. And I think that he was a huge part in uh, building my interest in coaching. I, you brought up something that's interesting along with, you know, Elliot helping push you into getting into the coaching side of things, which is, uh, it takes a special person, but GDI is, were you guys a part of that before? Like the early stages yeah. of that you guys were working yeah. together at that well, those camps. I can't take credit. I, um, I can never, 
because those guys are the kind of the the crown jewel of uh, the goaltending development, in my opinion. And I, uh, Matt Miller, who's now with Ontario. Yep. Who, shout out to Millsy, unbelievable human, great man. Um, he he's the one who, who essentially I think took like a part of GDI and branded it to GDI Minkota. So Minnesota and North Dakota, South Dakota was his territory. Oh. Yeah. So when I got into goalie coaching, it was GDI Minkota. And uh, so it was him, uh, a couple other guys that worked underneath Matt, and they brought me on, and the rest is kind of history. I didn't realize Maddie was a part of that. Um, oh, yeah. He's just the, the godfather. We call him Papa Bear for a reason. <laughs> Funny story about Manny Millar. Yeah. When we were uh, one of these, uh, what was it, One back way back when, uh, before COVID, before, like I just started, I think yeah. we were at Estrelo and, oh, you yeah. know, day wraps up and we go out and have dinner and have a couple pops together. And the whole, <laughs> the whole time we were at a bar, Maddie was just wearing his backpack from camp. And like, we, you know, we had a couple and yeah. eventually like the night's kind of going on. And then you just look at him and he just looked up and he, like, we we're on two different levels and he gave yeah. me a look. He goes, Guys, I'm out of here, and just gave a little two. Grabbed himself by the backpack and just strolled out of the bar. That's... And we're like, "Why is he still wearing his backpack?" Because <laughs> he's the most interesting man in the world. He's uh, <laughs> what? A, what a great human. Um, yeah, and and you know what? He was the one. He was kind of, I guess, technically my first goalie coach. Not only my oh, really? first goalie, yeah. So when I came in, it was after the year of the Sioux. Uh, Hoger was living with him. Okay. And and Maddie opened up his uh, couch to me as well. So we lived, we trained, and we worked for him um, and worked with him that that entire summer. And it was honestly the most fun I think I've had in my my entire life. That entire summer with those guys, it was just constantly goalie nerds, uh, morning, noon, and night talking about it, uh, watching. You know, at that point, it was the still the Stanley Cup Finals, and mm -hmm. just awesome. Awesome, awesome group. I mean, talk about being from a blessed area, like those minds that you get to like kind of yeah. develop with in terms of being a coach and getting your start with is pretty sweet, eh? Oh, just the, like I said, I, I mean, I think about this occasionally on, on drives, just like the people that I've come in contact with and paths that I've crossed between yourself and Berkey and, and the guys that I've had as mentors from Stralo, the, the Kevin writers of the world, the Jared Wayman's of the world. Like mm -hmm. I just, I don't know how, uh, I've been so fortunate to be able to learn from these guys. Um, but I definitely owe them a huge thank you in, uh, my success and my, where I am today because of them. Well, that's awesome. And, uh, like you said, you you kind of run down the roster like those USA guys and guys that have been around and that have moved on too, not only from being a part of where they were before Quinnipiac or colleges, yep. but now like it's just like players, like everyone's kind of climbing the ladder, right? Yeah. And we're starting to kind of find our ends and guys are getting on new spots and climbing new heights. So it's it's pretty exciting. Uh the next stop I wanted to take, you know, outside of the Sioux is you had you were at Minnesota State Mankato. Yep. And you were there for five years. Six years. Elite six. prospects got it wrong. Okay. <laughs> no, so I was there. <laughs> I and I I everybody always asked me. Um, I came in and the first year that I worked at the national team was uh about midway through. 
And ironically enough, my first weekend was, I think their third weekend, it was a home and home with Minnesota. Okay. Uh, and it, it was uh, the 2015, 2016 season. And then that next year was my first full year of five leading up until last year. Okay. Okay. I see. So yeah. we got to, I'll, I'll talk to them. I'll talk to them. We got to stat check that. We'll, Thank we'll, you. We'll get, yeah. you, we'll get that yeah. sorted out. I got to make sure because we wanted, we won a championship that year. So I can't, I can't, I got to take any and all credibility I can have. Well, that, see, that's one of my notes on here. You really don't take enough credit for yourself and what you've Thank been doing. You. We got to pump those tires. So yeah, let's yeah, get that yeah. straightened out. Yeah, yeah um, get it out. But with Mankato, like, I mean, there's so many different questions I have about like college hockey, goaltending coaches, all those kind of things. But being there where you wrapped up and how you left that program though, before you moved on to, you know, the university of Minnesota, Lee having Dryden McKay achieve what he achieved, not like, yeah, he won Hobie like his last season, which is incredible. But when you look at where Dryden McKay was all those years that you were there and you know, a lot of coaches don't take credit. Like you, you know, certain guys don't build a guy out of college. He comes established. He has skills. He's there for a reason. Yep. But there's obviously something that you guys had where you fine tuned it to like, all right, let's dial you in. And now he just turned into a well-oiled machine and took on a run with Mankato for all of his years there, which yeah. is just insane. It, uh, <laughs> First, you know, obviously it, because Dryden was already recruited. So again, that that's a, a credit to the staff down there and Todd Connaught and, and Coach Hastings and them bringing in him. Uh, but I remember the first day that we got on the ice, that was the big question mark, right? Was, uh, you know, it was Dryden's first year and whatever it was, 2017, 2018. Um, yep. And there was no, nobody had had any college experience, right? So I just remember coming down and, and seeing all the, the USCHO articles and the college hockey news articles that Mankato's biggest question mark is, yeah, they've got all these talented players, but who's going to stop pucks. And I just remember being in the crease talking to all of them. It was uh, Dryden, Jacob Berger and Matthias Israelson, uh, who was a transfer from Northern Michigan, who's another great human. But I just said, I was like, listen, there's one thing that we're going to try to change here and it's going to be the goaltending culture. And we're going to make sure that no matter what, man Cato uh, becomes synonymous with with elite goaltending and the the top of the NCAA and those guys just bought into it it was uh, such a great relationship and you know we had the time and like you said it, the, these kids are they're so intelligent that you're genuinely just a soundboard you're, you're part psychologist obviously part coach but you're there to answer questions you're there to make sure that those guys are believing in themselves but also understanding that we have a bigger uh, picture and a bigger goal at the end. Right. And uh, just, uh, I'm so happy for him. I'm so happy for Dryden and and all the guys that I was fortunate enough to work with down there. They just uh, not only great goalies, but again, great people. Mm -hmm. No, it's the question, I guess I do have with that. With Trident being so elite at the college hockey level, is there something you saw that he had or harnessed or developed or focused on or learned? Or maybe yeah. he wasn't worried about anything at all that do you think really set him apart? Or was it just yeah. kind of like, oh, this makes sense? 100%. His reads. His reads are are unlike anything that I've seen uh, at a goalie from really any level. Like the, the way that he reads the play and the way that he understands 
potential threats is just, it, it's incredible. And he does it at such a high level and he does it so quickly. Um, the one thing that nobody ever really kind of talked about or thought about was, you know, everybody said, Mankato, well, you get 15 shots a game, 18 shots a game, 12 shots a game. Well, when you, you spin it back and you look at the shot chart itself, Dryden would probably go five to seven minutes without a shot. And then boom, the D-man falls down. It's a breakaway. And you just knew that he was going to stop it. Like he just, there was never uh, a moment where his demeanor changed. He was just cool, calm, collected. And he was always ready for the the big stop whenever the opportunity presented itself. Now, do you think that type of game and where he was in that league um, with Mankato, do you think that transfers well going into like the like pro hockey, or do you think he's yeah. going to have to like face a few development challenges and adjusting into a game? I think to be honest, because we were limited. I wish like Mankato is an hour and a half from where my family and I live. Um, yeah. So I, I was there. You know, maybe we got two times a week of goalie stuff. So for him and his game to transfer at the pro level, for him to be working with Hanu Toivonen and their staff and the Marlies organization, like I I'm, I'm so excited to track his career because I think he's going to flourish having those guys and the opportunity to learn on a daily basis where and I think that's still my biggest gripe in, in all of college hockey is, you know, I, I know I'm going to sound prejudiced, but I think it's the most important position in the sport. And it's still one of those things where it's kind of uh, a faux pas area where, you know, maybe some guy gets a, a goalie training once a week, some guy gets it twice a week, some guys, some teams maybe every day, but it's just, it's so scattered across the board and we're trying to develop these kids to pros. Yep. So I think we got to try to make it as, as similar uh, as possible for their development levels. Well, I mean, I want to ask you about that, but you kind of gave me an easy transition. I don't understand how you look at pro hockey now, right? And the roster depth for goaltending development, NHL coach, assistant, goalie, develop, you know, whatever. Then you drop down to your AHL team and then your coast team. That's where kind of like the waters get a little muddy. Some coast teams will have a guy, some They'll have, you know, your your AHL, your NHL guy come down and see your prospects. But if you're on a coast squad with no prospects, like yeah, tough, tough luck. Yeah. But uh I mean, you look at the way college hockey's I mean, I get it, there's limited and there's so many different things about well, a team like maybe Denver can't get as much as a team in the Atlantic in terms yep. of funding and you yep. know, supporting another salary for a coach, but if what you're doing in college hockey is, you know, you're developing a student athlete, but you're ideally trying to move all kids across all leagues forward. Yep. Don't in our position, don't we deserve a little bit more support? I mean, you're, you're, you're preaching to the choir. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is what makes it so uh, difficult is, you know, I don't want to sell our position short by any means, nobody's asking for a full-time assistant coaching salary. You know what I mean? Like these guys, like, and that's the worst part is anybody and everybody wants to do it because it's a great resume builder. And you know that you're working with the kind of the creme de la creme, but at the same time you're, you're bang on. And I think it is, I think it's, it's exciting to see professional hockey start to 
to develop more. Yeah. Buy into that and and start adding more positions. And and I do genuinely hope, you know, there has been rumbling about staff limitation and and increasing. Um, But it's always one of those things that you, you kind of, you keep your guard up and you, you believe it when you see it, but I I think you're bang on. If (laughs) if it's a, if it's an important position, then why are we not making every kind of uh, means to trying to help these guys? Well, and and I mean, do, what's changing now? Because I thought at the last coaches meeting, they yeah. had gone over some stuff that things are supposed to change moving forward. Is that not correct for college well, hockey? My understanding is, and now again, my elevator does not go to that floor, right? <laughs> I, I'm going to, I'm going to stay in my mushroom closet. Uh, my understanding is that the, the transfer rule is, has now changed. That was the one thing there was uh Unlimited transfer, unlimited scholarship, and unlimited staff were the three things that were the the hot button topics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my understanding is they meet whatever it is in the fall, summer, spring, or somewhere along there, or sorry, fall, winter, summer, or and spring. Maybe they meet every season, but they passed the transfer rule where you can transfer anywhere as many times and be immediately eligible, but you have to do it within a certain window. Yep. And what they did is they just tabled and put the, the, the staff unlimited and uh, the scholarship bumps. I think they put that on a table till they meet in January. My understanding. That's good. Let's just make, you know, all of us wait a little yeah. bit longer. Hurry up or... and wait. Hey, no, wait. I got yeah. nothing else going on. Yeah. Chilling. It's, only been se- it's only been seven years of, of the, <laughs> The worst part is, though, like, like you you love being a part of the staff and you love being with the guys so much. It's just the word that is so terrible is in the college world is volunteer. Like, yeah. it's, such, it's such a toxic, gross word. Like, let's just eliminate that. Nobody needs to know that we're not getting paid. Mm-hmm. Um, but just get rid of the the volunteer tag. But on on the flip side, though, maybe some people can look at that like, oh, this guy's blue collar. This is yeah. great. Like, you know what? Like, yeah. like pods, you, like all the years at Mankato, you know, yeah. with Minnesota. Yeah. It's not something fun that you get to see. Like, and I know you don't want to see it in the article with your name that it says volunteer goalie coach, but no. at the same time, like somebody's a lot of guys that are up at that other level, look and see, Oh, like this guy's earning it. How yeah. long has he been doing this? But yeah. the, the one thing, the gripe, the main gripe that I have about all this is this, it happened to a guy in Michigan that we're close with. Yeah, I'm not gonna name names, but when you go as a goalie coach and you you work for a college, yeah, because of the NCAA rule with which a lot of goalie coaches are working with kids under the age of 18, you can't do that because it crosses issues with yep. recruiting, blah blah blah, uh, and, and yep. yeah, yeah. And if you're a volunteer, it's hard. Like, how can you ask? Like, you know, you just recently congratulations had a baby two years. Is that yep. three years ago now? Yeah, three. Hey, I got another one too. My oh. daughter just turned one. I got two. Yeah, tell me about it. Tell my <laughs> wife about the volunteer tag. <laughs> Anyways, carry on. <laughs> like you can't ask a guy who's because he he's been running a you know his school and has a, yep. a, a a run of clients that are local in Michigan, all great goalies. You can't ask them to like, all right, I need you at least for years of volunteer. Like, yep. okay, that so I guess yeah. you know I'll set my kids up to like. I don't know, start working at three years old. Like, how are we going to, you know? Yeah. So there's just so many things and there's good people. And now I think at the same time, when you limit somebody that would be so good at a position like that. Yeah. 
and you bring in somebody that might not have as many responsibilities yeah. and ties. And I'm not, it's not a bad thing to be married. It's not a bad thing to have kids. But like, if you're bringing in a kid that might be younger, that doesn't yeah. have as many responsibilities, like what for kind sure. of product are you going to get? And yeah. how is that going to be better for your athletes? Well, your I'll even I'll even add on to what you said because you're so bang on. It's it's not even <laughs> what's so crazy about this is the compliance stuff that I did at Mankato. Yeah. Um, I, I, I wrote my name on a piece of paper. Like I, I never, I never <laughs> met a compliance guy. I never spoke to a compliance guy. I have, you know, I know that they follow it and I know that everybody has a compliance office, but I never had to go through um, at the U when I, when I took the position here, it was like, I bet you three weeks before I could actually get on the ice because I took a, a compliance exam I, I had to meet with the compliance officer and he gave me the whole list and rundown of, like you just said, the cans and cannots, um, like camps and this and that. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, what do what yeah. we do? Like, what's going on? And I'm a, I'm a volunteer. So there it is again. Yep. <laughs> I'm not talking loud enough. Come on. Oh man. How good is that? I just I love it. The it's the U of M. <laughs> well, it's because it it's smart. They don't they don't want to uh, waste too much money on. I'm in the video room right now, which is like state of the art. So yep. if if you're sitting idle for too long, they don't want to be paying any extra bills. But no yeah, like, like I said, you're you're so bang on with. Uh, it's tough. It really is, and and I'm extremely fortunate that my wife has been incredible um and and does incredibly well for our family and then i'm fortunate enough obviously in the summers to be able to have the the alex day locks and the jake ottingers and the other pro guys that that are uh really big deal yeah well (laughs) really helpful in in supporting my my hockey habit so um it's good like i said i i would uh i'd be lying to say if the the volunteer thing wasn't frustrating at times but then you get to take a step back and see how many people like we talked about that you've been fortunate to, to run with and run across paths with, and you feel pretty lucky to, to be in your situation. For sure. Uh, you, you brought up something that, you know, with Ottinger and Stalock, I want to talk about that, but I want to stay on the idea of college and, you know, this beautiful video state of the art room with <laughs> Thank you. auto lights that you got going on. I'm going to start moving here soon. Just so you don't, <laughs> it doesn't happen again. I got, like I said, I got to make sure that I'm doing something that nobody else has done on here. So I got to <laughs> separate myself. Um, with U of M, I mean, you, you know, you had Dryden McKay who went Hobie last season, but then you got to move and you were requested by coach Bob Motzko to come, which, you know, quite the honor, quite the coach. Right. Uh, and he requested you and sought you out to bring you to university of Minnesota. But what happened last season is the main thing I want to, you know, note on is Jack LaFontaine was there for two, three years with Minnesota. That would have been his, uh, third third year. That would have been third. Sorry. Going into his, actually fourth because he was at Michigan for a year, went back, played three years. He would have been a fifth year senior here. Yeah, but with COVID, guys can play yep. till they're 26. Exactly. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways, no. uh Jack LaFontaine Laffer leaves early, signs with Carolina, goes to get his contract and get his try at pro hockey, which is awesome for him. Yep. But you guys were left in a spot and I read all the articles with Justin Close mm-hmm. and Boynton, Brandon Boynton. Yep. 
both guys hadn't played more than a handful of you know yep. GPs. Yep. Uh, it, with Minnesota, and you kind of I know Bob probably turned to you and said, "Are they ready?" Yeah. And it's like, well, they you, you haven't put them in a game, so we're <laughs> we're gonna find out if we're ready. I'm gonna find out when you find out, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, but the situation, like I looked at Close's uh, Minnesota bio. Yep. Help the Gophers win the 2021-22 Big Ten regular season, which you give credit to LaFontaine. He had played up to half the year, which helps, yep. right? Advanced to the NCAA Frozen Four for the first time since 14. Made 21 appearances in goal, but he posted a 14-5-0 uh, record, including a nine-game win streak. How does he do that without having played a game in you know X amount of years? Like it's that really looking at it is such a highlight. And I know that you had to have had a hand in like, all right, close. Like we're gonna walk you through this. We're gonna work together. And we're just gonna we're gonna figure this out because now you're the guy. Good luck. Well, <laughs> yeah, you know what? The, really though, what a what a unique opportunity for Jack. Obviously, like you just said, to to get that and what a same again i know that this is a broken record but what a special human like uh just a pro and i mean it, it obviously unfortunate the way that thing shook out there but i think he's going to be fine i think that he will have a a tremendous professional career and i think he's going to land on his feet nicely in uh tampa's organization but when to be honest <laughs> if you if i were to tell you that i was as comfortable as the rest of the staff when all this shook out and they're like, his clothes are ready. And I'm, I just remember looking at Rabs and Gordo and I'm like, I, I don't know. Like I, I, I've never had anything like this. I really don't know. Like there's only one way to find out. And that's when the lights turn on on Friday and Saturday. And, and as you know, you've played the position, like it's a different, I remember talking to somebody about this in an interview. It's such a different stress level when you're an everyday guy. Like, you know, the, the, the way that you prepare has to change. It has to, Mm -hmm. like, you have to put a more of a, a principal interest on what that team is going to do and and how we're going to accomplish it. But again, closer is such a student of the game. He's so intelligent about his own game. So for, for me, it was really just, you go back to the meat and potatoes. I, I wish I could tell you some magic formula, but it was, it was, we got to be better with beating passes. We have to establish our depth early because we're not monster humans. Um, and we've got to make sure that we're our habits and our details are at an elite level every day. And we can't take a, a, a foot off the gas. We've got to power through it. And, you know, like I said, we split with Fairbanks that first weekend of his starting uh, career. So I remember, but I had COVID. So not only was he uh playing his first two games but i was watching it on valley sports at home so I, i'm gonna guess that i was more stressful to my wife during that time than anybody because i'm sitting there throwing my arms up i'm trying to make saves and and uh it was just so crazy but after that we had a well you know we had a well uh i think we had a was it a break after that we just we sat down we watched film we we just went to hey this is what we're gonna do this is what it's gonna look like Here's how we're going to try to do it. He bought in. He was, uh, like I said, such a student and just went to work. And it, it, it is, like I said, as much as I want to sit and think that I helped, I hope that he thinks I did something to help. But really, it, it, was, uh, it was him. 
and it was everything that he did to prepare and uh, perform the way he did. I think, you know, I, I don't work with closer. I don't call him Minnesota. That's Berkey's uh, yeah. role. Yeah. I know he's in the mask and stuff, but like between freshman, sophomore year, you know, having two years of like not really having played and you kind of, you can easily fall into the role too. Like there's a lot of situations I'm sure you see across college hockey where, yep. you know, like you have three, your third is your hard third. Number two is yep. really your guy who's always your go-to. He's going to be on the bench supporting, but they can, the number two guy mentally can kind of slip. 100%. Like, well, you know, like we're the same age. We're going to go out yep. the same year. I'll probably get that maybe a few minutes in that last senior night game. I'll go do my stuff. I'll work yep. with pods and, you know, mail it in. Yep. But I think it shows for him as an athlete and as goalie to be that dialed in and to come in and perform when like the time was called. It just shows every year and all the stuff prior to that moment, he was dialed in. Well, and, and, and you, you're bang on, but, and I, I think that that's, you know, going back actually a, a complete 180 on you to that question and what you asked about Dryden, it was the same as Laffer. Like these guys brought it every day. Yep. It, they were the hardest working guys, not only on the ice, but off the ice. So that, to me, that kind of brought and instilled a trickle down effect into the, to the goalie department where, Hey, we're not just. We're not just showing up to show up. We're going to push the pace of practice. We're going to make our forwards better. We're going to make our D better. We're going to we're going to get off the ice and know that we've done everything in our power to make this team better today. Would you, as a coach, you're just fortunate to have like hundred percent leaders that don't need to be told, "Hey, you're leading." You're yep. they lead by example without being asked to do anything extra or do more or hey, this is how you need to operate because you are the lead guy. Everyone's looking up at you. Yep. They just show up and run. Right. And that's what separates, I think, upper echelon athletes, whether it's hockey, football, basketball, whatever. And you look at like all the documentaries like Kobe, Michael Jordan, all that kind of stuff. Now, they just they operate on such a different magnitude that there's if you're not there, you I don't know, you just can't get to it, I think. No. And, And I think you're absolutely spot on. It's something that's instilled in them. But I think that it 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 is. It's that culture of, you know, (laughs) <laughs> you, you've got to make sure that you you understand. And, and that's why, to me, that I love coaching goalies is because it's a relationship. Not everybody likes to be coached the same. Not everybody, uh, you know, responds to things the same way. There are guys that are more introverted. There's more guys that are extroverted. It, it's it's starting to kind of, like I said, you, you have to be a little bit of a psychologist as well, Um to understand what helps them tick, what, what, what they need, maybe if they're having a good practice or not having a good practice, if they need a shove or a kick, or if they need to be held back, it's just, that's what makes it so enjoyable is I'm still learning every day too. Um, yep. So it, it, it's been, uh, it's been great. And it's been uh, unbelievable to be a part of these two storied programs. Now my final question on the U of M being a guy who grew up in Minnesota, yeah. And like, you've seen all the glory days of the Golden Gophers. Yep. How electric was it to like, especially being you know invited in by Bob? Right. That's yep. how that kind of all shook down. He had already been at, um, Minnesota f- since eighteen nineteen, I think. Yep. But to be like, hand selected and picked out and like, hey, I want, I want this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is yeah. there's some I, yeah. there's something yeah. about this pods guy. Yeah. I keep hearing yeah. about him in this state, and we got to bring yeah. him in. And then not only that, but to like 
be at Minnesota and be coaching at, you yeah. know, what do you, I don't know what you guys call it. Do you? Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I'm still, I'm still an iron ranger. I'm born and bred. I, I don't, I don't, Grit. Uh, I, I don't have, uh, <laughs> I still don't have that, but it, it's just, it's still, I'll be completely honest with you. Still walking into the, to the loading dock area, still pulling up to Mariucci. Like it, it is, it's surreal. This place is the the hockey Mecca. And then, as you said, being able to work with Bob every day and Ben Gordon, who is absolutely incredible. And, and I grew up playing high school hockey against Gordo and, and gave up a lot of goals to him. So <laughs> um, it, it just, it you know, one of those things when you, you come into a, a facility and, and you're just like, there's no way that this is real life. Like mm-hmm. the, I gotta be dreaming. And, and it truly is. It's just this group, the, the group of kids that we have this year uh, from closer all the way down, um, I just, I, it is absolutely incredible coming into work every yeah. day. Yeah. And I, I think too, I mean, I want to put this as politely as possible. So that way I don't ruin any relationships in the future. But like when I was in college <laughs> where Minnesota was as a hockey program, wasn't where it was today and it wasn't 100%. where it was in the past. Yeah. I mean, I, I was in school Fair. from 11 to 15 and it was one of those things where like, all right, we started the big 10, yep. that's going to be a new league. And you kind of looked around and like Michigan just got an upgrade on their facilities, Michigan state, yeah. uh, 2022, welcome to the new facility. Like incredible. Now yeah. back then, like when we'd skate on that ice and you go see the guys in that room and they were in a sliver, it's like this, this can't be it. But now like you're starting to see and turn where big 10 hockey is and where the state of hockey, the big school at Minnesota, like where that's going now is it's very exciting. Yeah. Well, I, it's just, like I said, those guys, the Steve Miller killer and, and Gordo, the, excuse me, the work that they do with the recruiting and, and, you know, just the, the support staff from Jeff Winslow, the, the medical and Grezer Lee Gerseth as uh, yep. equipment, like these guys, it's just the, the camaraderie and the continuity, like you genuinely don't want to leave the rink. Like I yeah. said, I could have probably went to a, a coffee shop or something to get on here, but I just like you find yourself looking at the clock and you're like, wow, I probably got to get home. I should be dad here. And, uh, <laughs> a little bit. My wife, I, I don't need to stir that up anymore. So no, it is. It, it It's I, like I said, and we've talked many times. The other part that's so crazy is I don't think the big 10 gets enough love as far as how talented this, this league is. Like you only know what you know, right? Yep. And coming from the CCHA and the WCHA, a little bit harder, a little bit more strategic, a little less, uh, run and gun. So I remember driving home from our first few weekends with my father. Um, and he, cause they were down staying at the time. Thank God they've moved down here to help me with our kids. Um, <laughs> but I remember him coming and looking at me and saying, wow, the, the big 10 is, you might, you might have your hands full. And I looked at him and I'm like, yeah, what the hell am I doing? Like, <laughs> this is really going to test if I know anything about coaching goalies or not. And but what you said too earlier is like the relationship and yeah. how you treat each individual because you're not, they're not just, we're not just athletes. We're not hockey players. Everyone, like you said, handles things differently yeah. and a good coach can respond. You know, you make a mid game change and we're changing on the fly and you gotta, yeah. you gotta rework the strategy. Uh, pods. I can't miss this. We brought it up earlier, but like 
you're working with two very, very high-end goalies, pro goalies out of, you know, Minnesota through the summers, along with a long list of just stellar other goalies like Ryan Edquist. Shout out, Eddie. <laughs> yes, dude, you'd be remiss if you didn't. No, it, 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 that whole group, hey, like the the group that I've had at Mankato, I think there's only one guy that isn't playing hockey still. Yep. The rest of them are still chasing it and, and grinding professionally. Um, and then these guys here and – by I'd be remiss, like I said, to make sure that you you uh I'll thank him till the the day ends. But Berkey's the one who introduced me to Al. Um really? Yeah, Berkey had called me up because Al was in Minnesota at the time and he must have just, you know, having a, a coffee or whatever, saying what you know, what'd you do in the summer? And Al being Al, I don't you know. <laughs> did whatever, uh, played, played dad, did played the beauty league, whatever. And Berkey had said, he's like, why don't you call pods and, and see if you, uh, want to train. And I'm sitting there I'm so gun shy. Cause we're the same age. And I was like, yeah. I like, what the hell am I going to teach Al Stalock? Um, yep. but same thing. We sat down, we, we chopped it up a little bit, just caught up, but then talked about, I watched a lot of film on him and said, here are some things that I think could really help. And he was so receptive. So one thing that people don't understand about Staylock is not only is he an incredible person that everybody talks about, but he's so intelligent about the way that he sees the game and, and how mm -hmm. uh, simple little fixes. He's just, he's on a whole nother level. And there's, there's a reason why he's played for so long uh, is because of that. So, and then it just kind of worked out. He, he knew Jake, they have the same agent. Um, I actually met Otter through Connor Lacuve, who played at Mankato, who's now yep. over in Slovakia, still uh, work with him when he comes through in the summers. And uh, he just said, he's like, hey, Otz is looking for some ice. Can he come? And so we were out there. And <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, Ottinger and, and Jordan Greenway shooting pucks and Greenway's brother. And I'm just like, what the hell am I doing out here? There, there's some of these things don't match up with the other. And uh it just turned into being an unbelievable friendship and, and same thing. He was receptive to information and I must've done a pretty good job of bullshitting him because we still talk and he still thinks that I, I know what I'm talking about. So fool them again, fool them again. that's what I'm, that's what I'm, I'm in the business of foolery, man. Um, <laughs> but it's been great. Like I said, and, and that that's genuinely the reason why we do this. It, it's because we love it. Yeah, it's kind of like a sickness with how how much yes. you get dialed in. Yes. Um, the funny story about Al, I don't know if I was in Boston. I was with Scotty Hughes somewhere, yeah. and we were. I was hanging out, and we were coming to see. Maybe it was at the Joe, but we were in a tight hallway, and Al came up to just say hi to Scotty because yep. that you know Al had dealt with Ricky, yep. blah blah. But whenever we see guys, we just we all say hi and everything. Yep. So Scotty talked to Al. I was just wearing a Michigan State hoodie, and all he did, he gave me a look. He's like, "Hey, I'm Al." And he gave me a point and I had the little Sparty on. He goes, yeah. I like your hoodie. And then he just want he like blazed off and he was gone. <laughs> I'm like, sick, dude. Great talking with yeah. you. I'll see you yeah. later. Yeah. But just down to earth, like, and he, you know, he went through it. Um, oh yeah. You know, during the COVID season, post COVID and like trying yeah. to recover through all that. So shout out to Al, like just an un unbelievable guy and like salt of the earth. That's the best. Are, right? oh, he, he is. Yeah. I'll tell you what, like I said, the, the best human like you, you leave a rink after skating with Al and you feel like you could be there for forever just because mm -hmm. not only the wealth of knowledge, but he's, like you said, he's just, 
he is such a good dude. He's yeah. just the best human to be around. And, um, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm really excited for him and I hope that he and, uh, Mrazic can, can surprise some people this year and, and they can push that envelope and, and make sure that what everybody's supposed to be calling a rebuilding year, that they, that the goaltending is solid and they give themselves a chance to win every night. Cause that's, uh, as you know, that's our job. We can't Absolutely. win the game, but we can lose it. So, and the, I think the cool part for there is like, I don't, you know, everybody's different, but man, it always feels nice being an underdog, right? Hundred percent. You kind of look at that position that they're in with Chicago. Yep. It's like, eh, you know, you, you might not want to sit, but like, this is a pretty big underdog spot. Yep. So if you can go in there and you steal a few and you kind of impress Absolutely. and you play pretty well. Who knows what Chicago could do this year? Yeah. Um, with the, what you brought up about like working with Al and showing him video though, and kind of like you had a doubt initially, like, Hey, what can I teach this guy mm-hmm. with guys at this level, even college hockey, isn't it like, yeah, you're always kind of fine tuning like RVH and all like, yeah. you know, the <laughs> new buzzword go. shit, yeah. but like, isn't it more or less, you just kind of monitor their game because you can't teach a guy who plays athletic to like, all right, now it's just down all the time. We're going to play positional. You're going to square out, play conservative. Don't do yep. too much. You're never changing anyone's game. It's just, Hey, like, okay, now this is a spot where we're looking a little softer yep. week, or this is something I want to show you or develop. You're never rebuilding the wheel. We're just kind of trying to throw more tools in the toolbox. Absolutely. Them, right? Yeah. No. And, and then that's like you said, it, the thing that I think makes this again in the, the business of foolery, man, um, these guys are so intelligent at college, at pro, at for that matter, at for junior. Um, they know what their game looks like when they're playing really well. They know what their B game looks like. So you're, uh, in, in a lot of ways, you're just acting as a soundboard. They're like, hey, I, I didn't do this well on this goal. What do you think? And, and a lot of the times you're like, yeah, you're right. So, you know, especially at the college level, how can we – how can we fix that so it doesn't happen again? Um, but with those with those big boys, they're playing the next night. So it's yeah. just, you know, how quick can your memory be short and have a little bit of amnesia and make sure that that one goal that happened doesn't become a trend? And mm-hmm. like I said, you're right. I think I just still think that there there is. We underutilize video so much in regards to just kind of being on the fly. And, and being able to really relate because there are people that are visual learners and there are people that are, are listen learners. But I, I think that you're able to check all the boxes by being able to watch a clip with them and say, Hey, here's what we really like you did here. Here's what you didn't like here. Um, instead of just hearing us talk, because yep. I, there's a lot of times I'm at a lesson or something and I'm like, I don't want to hear myself talk anymore. Like, let's just put the, let's put the video on and let's do this. <laughs> What's uh, I got to ask. I mean, I've known Otter for a little bit, just absolute, yeah. all, you know, bad guy, terrible yeah. human, right? Terrible. Yeah. Real, real selfish guy. No, yeah. Otz is a unbelievable kid. What's it like getting to watch where he's come from? Like with high school hockey, going to the program. Now he's at Dallas and finding success, like, yep. and being a part of that in a way where like in the summers, you, you know, you're, you're pumping that toolbox, right? We're trying to add different points of view and seeing what Jake's been able to do is very exciting. Yeah. He, it, it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. Um, and, and it sure isn't to those that, that know him or have skated with him. I, like I said, I was fortunate. I think, uh, Dave Rogalski, who did the ton of the development with him 
I mean, I'd be remiss to, to, to say that. I think he got busy one summer is where we, we skated a lot. This summer was Jake was, uh, he's just so intelligent that he knows that he wanted to focus more on his body. So I don't think he did a ton of skating. Um, and at that point, like when you run, you make a, a decently deep playoff run, you, there's not a lot of time to skate. So like you said, it, it, a lot of it for him is just continuing to gain the experience at that level and start to understand and see the trends where, you know, certain situations feel comfortable or, or uncomfortable for him. And then making sure that, you know, he speaks so highly of, of Jeff Reese and everything that he's done to him. It's just, it's making sure that you can try to continue to implement what, what Reeser is putting into place and then answer any questions of, of uncomfort or uncomfortability um, during the course of the summer and build it. Oh, that's awesome. With like what you've done, where you're going and uh, what's the story I think in development for Minnesota in terms of high school hockey and everything like that. I just wanted to ask this cause I know like you guys have the summer triple a and stuff like that, yep. but where high school hockey's going, does does that stay the main focus? Do you think that's I mean, I guess it's the only way. Do you well, think like it's working for Minnesota and goalies? I mean, oh boy. <laughs> now you're now you're getting me in now you're getting me in trouble. Um it's so tough. Uh obviously everybody's path, like this is the most generic cookie cutter answer I can give you, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Everybody's path is different. Um, and especially I think goalies are so uh, excitable now during this time and, and day where it's how quickly can I get from this level to the next? Yep. And they're not okay with, you know what? I think honestly, one of the, probably the best situations that could happen for a, a kid, a goalie specifically to come out of Minnesota would be able to play a year of U18 postgraduate and then be able to understand you know, what the travel looks like playing against bigger, stronger, older competition that are, you know, from different States. Cause we are still in kind of our bubble. Um, I just don't think that there's uh, enough sheer games that these kids get to play. Yep. So the first time of adversity they get is in junior. And as you know, uh, junior hockey coaches don't really uh, care too much about how much adversity you've dealt with. They want the product and they want the finished product. So my job is trying to make sure that these kids understand that you're not just going in to a North American hockey league team to play. You're going in to dominate because there aren't a lot of kicks at the can you're going to be able to get. So I think the more play and the more sheer games and development these kids can get after say a year of high school hockey um, is tremendous because I do, I really like the, I love the tier one model that Michigan has uh, being a part of the program and scouting with Ryder and Berkey and Waymo for four or five years. Like it really opened up my eyes to hockey outside of Minnesota. And I, and I do think that Minnesota does a a really good job of developing players, but obviously I'm not in the the player development business. I'm in in the goalie development business. Mm -hmm. So, It does. It definitely strikes a chord because we need to do a better job of producing more high-end goalies that are uh, making immediate impacts. Mm -hmm. I think the funny part is you bring it up like, yeah, you saw tier one and you're like, oh, this, like, there's some things that you take from this, right? But 
at the same time, you look at where high school hockey's at and how it's kind of removed what we deal with here. People yep. popping up like, oh, we got a triple A team now because, yeah. you know, Billy can't play on any other triple A teams over okay. here. So my dad's going to pay a bunch of money and we got to, you know, that, yeah. that shit's going on. And it's yep. just it's not good. And it's watering down the product and like the sure. talent of that, that, that level of hockey. Uh but at the same time, having that year where, like you said, I see so many kids now in from Michigan that will go and play an 18-year year. They're, they couldn't be more pissed off about not going from 16s into junior hockey because they want to be that guy. But yeah, not everybody, yeah. you you know, like that meme, you're like, you're just not that guy, pal. Yeah. It's okay, though. Yes. You know, like, you're not in a rush to go. Oh, I got it that time. It was starting to go. Third Reflexes, lightning. <laughs> Get the pads back on. Here we go. <laughs> Um, I should have made it there, but uh, no, you're right. I, I think you're, you're so spot on because it, it does, it, it, it puts, uh, it puts an emphasis on, on, like I said, I, and I can't take this cause it was Taylor Nelson who told me this summer and, and just talking about kind of the recruiting process because he's, he's an assistant. So it's a different ball game for me and him, mm-hmm. but he just said, I, I want a guy that's not afraid to, to not miss a step. I'm okay with a guy that plays a year of U16, a year of U18. And then if he's not ready, he plays another year of U18 because it's not, there's, there's no step that needs to be missed or jumped. It's, it's okay to, to play and play a boatload because that's the, the worst part is, is like you just said, you get to junior hockey and yeah, you made the team and and you're, you're behind an overage guy or whatever, and you're playing, 10 games, but you get to wear the, you get to wear the track suit. Yeah. Uh, I don't, what is that really doing for your development? You're not uh, playing games. You need to play games. Exactly. You need to get seen. Yes. And, and yeah, and you need the, you need to build your book of work. You need to have something that you need to work on and, and not it, it, same thing. No different. Like you, there's only so much practice that guys, you, you want to have something that you're getting rewarded for. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think though that you did bring up and I wanted to mention like, junior hockey and you know you said it different leagues you bring in a kid that's 16 17 18 whatever the age is gets yeah. two games garbage see ya smile yeah. later yeah you're going yes. down a league or you're done you know and there were yep. so many kids i've i've dealt with that come out of you know different states and it's their first year they want to order stuff this that and the other thing and after fall showcase or the the null showcase whatever they're gone and then yeah. they're like, oh, I'm going to NCDC, I'm going to NA3. And unfortunately, yeah. the way some like spots are, you yeah. kind of fall in the quicksand and then you're just never seen again. Bingo. And it's like, it, what happens if you gave that kid a month? You gave him five yeah. weeks, five weeks worth of, you know, games on and off. You split with the other guy. What does it, what happens to that kid when he finally gets comfortable? For sure. And how many athletes and top goalies are you missing out on? Cause you like, you know, you gave him the scissors and yep. that's it. So. And the other part of that too is like the, the development component, right? Like the, is he getting, that's the other part, the, the investment in our position, I still don't think is anywhere where it needs to be. And that's across the board. That's, you know, even though we talked about it at the beginning, not every NHL club has the same structure. There's some teams that have that director of goaltending position. There's some teams that have uh, the scouting position. There's no blueprint and it's Mm -hmm. the same because everybody wants to try to, to mimic and replicate what happens at the top level. Um, and there isn't, there's no blueprint. (laughs) Yeah. But you know what I mean? There, there just isn't like, so then everybody gets away with, uh, 
you know, maybe you get a guy in for a couple of days a week, or you get a guy that's there every couple of weeks. And, and it just, you know, again, I know I'm prejudiced and I know that I'll, I'll get a ton of shit for saying it, but it's the most important position in the sport. It's a sport. It's the only position in our sport that can win and lose you games. It, yeah. It's a, it, it decides games. Yes. How well or bad we play decides games. Now yes. there's an, like you don't have to like, not everything is always at their fault, but I yeah. try to tell my kids, like you leave as lit as few excuses on the table for a coach to grab and say, okay, well you miss that. Well, you miss this. If you do 90% of your job correctly yep. and we can take away most of those excuses, we've done, we've done our job, right? Absolutely. Shit's going to happen. You can only control what you can control, but yep. let's try and do the best we can. Pods, I want to leave you with one final question. I know you got to get home and, you know, flick, flick you. on dad mode and, and yep. get buzz in here. I'm getting um, ready. But how many kids, how many lessons does a kid need to to have with a goalie coach or someone like you to make the NHL? Where, what's that? Oh, number? boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, is the answer, uh, well, you know, I'll tell you what, I've yet to do it. So okay. once I, once I get there, I will, uh, I'll definitely make sure that I, I keep track of that. Um, but like I said, we, we talked about this. It, it is, we go back to the pillars and this was, uh, it was either Cliffy or, or Ryder. If you can't skate, you can't play. So everything that we do that I do on a, on a, a business level college, everybody that I skate with, we start with skating. Uh, start with skating and then we go down the pillars. How is your, you know, <laughs> this is so boring, but how's your stance? Are you able to, to work out of that? Can you uh, track pucks? Are you finishing pucks? And then we get into the details of making sure you do it purposefully and making sure that it's not one every five. It, it's every time. It doesn't matter what the drill or the component of the drill is. You're like you just said, controlling the controllables and doing it to the best of your ability every time and holding them accountable to that. And then, like you said, making sure that we, we uh, fine tune that RVH and, and the Panda and the overlap and the every other hot button topic <laughs> that's so far out of my comfort zone. Um, meat and potatoes, man. I, I got to stay true to who I am. All you got to do is get out there. A couple kick saves, blocker windmills. Yeah. Make sure that we're getting the uh, skate saves out. A couple yep. of Jimmy Craig's. Um, no, it, it's like I said, but that's what, that's what makes this interesting because there are, you know, some of some guys it works for some guys it doesn't. And that's why I think that I enjoy the challenge so much as always trying to go back to the drawing board and figure out, okay, that, that, that worked or it didn't work. How can we fix it? And how can we make this better and, and right the wrong and, uh, make sure that these kids, cause that's the other part that I know that we haven't talked about enough, um, making sure that these kids are confident in their ability and making sure that they feel really, really prepared, knowing that they put in the work that they're going to go out and execute it easily. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I got my 2011, 2012, and then some younger kids that I deal with through our association. So it's one of those where it's just like, you know, you can beat a dead horse and you tell them like, well, we got to work hard. We got to do this, but sometimes you got to change it up and you got to like, for sure. Like you said, you got to look at because you when you especially when you're working with kids, when you're working yep. with college athletes, when you're working with kids playing AAA, it's different. Yep. They understand they're they're looking to get to X level, right? Yep. But when you're dealing with kids, you got to break down the drawing board just like you might have to with like you know stay locked. Well, how yep. can we look at this differently? How can you do this a little bit differently? What yep. this you know this approach isn't working for me. So 
it's funny how there's a lot of things that regardless of skill and level, like for, from a coaching standpoint, it's all kind of the same, you know, which, which is like you said, that's why I think it makes our job and and our position so unique is because Mm -hmm. they're, there isn't really a right way to do it. At the end of the day, if the puck stays in front of the goal line, <laughs> everybody loves you. And and if you're bringing in wins, the head coach is happy with the goalie coach. The goalie coach is happy with the athlete. And we're all singing Kumbaya. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, Pods, thank you so much for the time, dude. Uh, Pleasure, best, best of luck out there this season. I hope you guys go on a huge rip and uh, we can't wait to see what happens. All right. I appreciate that. If you get a couple more calls now, um, at nine or 10 o'clock. Don't be surprised because everybody knows that uh, Vaughn is where I try to steer him and you're I'm the big just, dog. We're just going to, we'll circle him around and we'll just, we'll get it rolling. We'll get him we rolling. Just put a, we should put a direct line to Berkey. So he'll yeah. figure out that <laughs> we're just pushing everything through, but no, like I said, I, I love what you guys are doing and uh, there's not enough pods out there about uh, the goalie development and making sure that People are looking out and looking after the little guys, AKA us of the, yep. uh, of the world. So I appreciate your guys' time. No, thanks pods. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, buddy. Thanks.